This is a V Vibration Studio Production. The human voice really is a remarkable tool that extends far beyond its main purpose of communication. It holds incredible power. Our voice plays a vital role in shaping ourselves, how we are perceived, and the impact we make. Sharing our experiences, our stories and our conversations, we invite you into our world. Welcome to Two Voice Activists with Philip and Victoria. Episode 3, Language. Let's open this episode with three very powerful words. I love you. Oh, thank you, Victoria. I love you too. <laughs> You're funny. They're probably the most used three words on the planet, do you think? I, I imagine so, yes. And actually, they were the starting point for this episode, for looking at the power of language and how we use it. Well, language can be one of the most beautiful tools on the planet, can't it? I mean, yeah. look at poetry and beautiful writings, yeah. love songs. Well, I love our favourite movie quotes. I mean, you know, the language of love. And of course, sacred script. I mean, it all conveys many great and powerful things. Yes, it does. But likewise, it has been and unfortunately still is used by people for some of the greatest distortions throughout history, isn't it? Well, it has the power of both good and bad, depending on the tone and intention of the vibration carrying it. Yes. So, Victoria, you love a good pair of shoes, oh, don't you? I do, I do. <laughs> so I want you to think of the pair of shoes as your language. Yes. Right? So yes. can you think about that? Can you think of that pair I of shoes? I can see that. <laughs> I can picture that. So when you go into a shop and you spot that pair of designer shoes you think they're marvelous what is it that you love about those shoes well i guess first it's the design isn't it and the style of that shoe i love a high heel <laughs> a stiletto anything else <laughs> well then i guess the material and the fit and comfort yes and the presentation of it yes yes absolutely yes. and also when you buy it it comes in the most beautiful packaging doesn't it it goes into a beautiful shoe bag mm. and then it goes into a box and yep. it's wrapped up in a beautiful paper and then finally it goes into the carrier bag that packaging and all that goes on to making that beautiful shoe that is your voice vibration, and that carries your language. So your language is a shoe, and everything else is equivalent to voice vibration. No wonder I love a Jimmy Choo. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's a really good analogy for differentiating between our voice vibration and our language. Yes, because most people think of their voice as simply language. Yeah, and I think that's why we found this one of the most complex subjects to look at and explain on so many levels because it involves not only our words, but our thoughts, our body language, eye contact, touch, so much more. Yes, and language is such a an intrinsic part of our lives. It shapes our reality and can define who we are. Every human being has their own unique voice vibration 
just as everyone has their own unique life story. However, our life stories are interpreted through the limitations of the phonics of our language. Is this a true representation of you? We know that our minds can be very noisy places at times. A continuous conversation, a soundtrack of our individual life story, a movie directed by us. This continual conversation and mind chatter can be very exhausting. But most of us do not recognize that our language and therefore our thoughts are one of the most influential and imprinted patterns we have. Quantum physics tells us the more power we give our thoughts, the more power we give to that vibration. And it is our thoughts and language that broadcast vibration out into the world. They are not just contained in our heads. Our thoughts and vibration determine the unfolding of life. Victoria, is your mind a busy place? <laughs> well, there's a question. What would you say? Well, I would say it was like the M25. Um, in rush hour. In rush hour. There we go. <laughs> very, very quick. And very, very busy. It is. We're talking about thoughts here, aren't we? We all think we're masters of our own thoughts, and so often we're not. Like in my case, my mind often goes too fast for my mouth. The thing is, thoughts can be our greatest tool, benefit us, but in contrast, they can be our greatest distortion and hindrance. Well, yes, they can. I mean, I often have projected in the past a catastrophe into the future. Yes. So I think about things and, you know, it's all fear-based. Yeah. Or I can reflect on something maybe that I've said in the past and I can obsess over that. I mean, can you relate to that, Victoria? Completely. But it all causes, doesn't it, undue stress, anxiety. Yeah, resentment or even anger. Yeah, and the other thing I think most people can relate to is conversely we often live in the past in our nostalgia not our happiest memories but it means we're just not well we're in... not in the present are we absolutely i tell you one of the other big things for me philip we can also give greater value to comments that people make than we need to and then we make them mean something in our heads and then we live out our lives by them, by that just one comment, a throwaway comment. And more often than not, we don't even realise we're doing it. And it's not even remembered by the person who said it. Yes, and I remember you shared with me once a really poignant story. Yes, and I did. I relate to it because I grew up with my next door neighbours. They were darling friends and being an only child, they were like brothers and sisters to me, still are in fact. And the father in the scenario was like a second father to me. And one lovely summer's day, he's out in the garden pruning the magnolia tree next door. And I popped through the garden gate to see if his children were around to play. And as usual... I love, sorry, I just love the vision of you popping. <laughs> well, we had a gate in the back fence. Well, and I'm dancing around, as I did then, oh, all dressed up at 12 in my hula hula costume. <laughs> have you still got it? I have. have I you have haven't. In a case in the loft, I oh. have. Then, afterwards, I felt I made the mistake of saying to him, do you think I'm pretty? Well, 
pause that followed was enough to say it all for me. And he wasn't being unkind or uncaring at all. He was just being very open and honest. And then he said, well, I think you have a very interesting face and a great personality. And of course, I allowed that story, that that one throwaway comment to colour my life for years, probably recently sometimes as well with age. I think it's really sad, Victoria. Oh, you're such a beautiful woman. Oh, darling. Well, (laughs) if you think about it, though, it, it projected into my professional life when we were in show business because I made it mean something very different. I I had very much the singing voice of a juve lead, a juvenile lead, but I didn't think I had the looks for a juve lead. And so I I think I was always projecting that forward, I think. So you think that one comment really affected your career later in life? Did it stop your career, do you think? Yeah, I think it's, I think to a degree, yes, it probably blocked Things. I mean, I had a very good career, but I understudied a lot rather than actually playing the parts. Do you think that every time you did an audition or you spoke your words or sang your song, there was an underlying vibration or frequency that said, I wasn't good enough? I wasn't Looks wise, enough. yeah, quite possibly. I have a story that happened to me when I was at school. As you know, I am a musician. I'm not so sporty. Oh, no. Oh, I do love to run and go to the gym and things like that. But, you know, I never played football or let's say I never got dirty. (laughs) (laughs) So at school, what they used to do, you know, you're in the big school sports hall and the whole year is there. And then they choose the captains of the two teams. Yeah. And they're always the sort of jock of the school, you know. Mm -hmm. So when they were picking, you know, uh, as as usual, I was always the last one or second to last one. I can relate to that. So yeah. was I. And I didn't really care, to be quite honest. But it's one day I remember my sister was a very, very good sportswoman. Well, and still is, is she yes, not? And known in the school as that. Yes. You know? And I remember being asked my name in front of everyone. So I'm the last one to be picked. So this this scenario, right? I'm the last one to be picked. Everyone's looking. And the sports teacher said, "Um, what's your name? And I went, "Uh, it's Philip Foster. Not Sarah Foster's brother. (laughs) And I went, yes, actually. And he was in complete disbelief. Well, I made that mean over the years that I wasn't probably good enough, I, 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 you know, but actually, I think his was just natural <laughs> shock because we were like pepper and salt, you know, yes. and you know, we still are in, in very many ways. And it was just a very natural reaction. He didn't mean anything bad from it. But I think it was a seed of I'm different. I'm not good enough. All yes. those, you know, I, it's, it's, you know, when I'm talking about it, and I don't think it was a defined thing I actually thought, but I think I carried that seed with me through throughout my life. Yeah, and it, it does tend to affect one's confidence in certain areas, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, when you shared your story, I mean, you are such a confident person, such a beautiful person, and, and well, everyone admired you for your singing voice. Yes, and, and I, even then, I was confident generally then, but not 
in my looks. But I have no idea. So, you, you know, I've known you all your professional life and I had absolutely no idea that maybe that scenario you talked about when you were popping, you know, through the Next garden door, gate yes. really affected your career and maybe one of the reasons why you stopped. And I think it's a great example, you see, of how we can allow language and our thoughts to shape and define us. Everyone has the right of voice, but our primal voice has been quietened and conditioned over time, disconnected, locked, and sometimes even stolen. However, when the whole of you is working at its optimum, And as a balanced force, you can reclaim your voice, your unique voice vibration. This will then impact and improve every area of your life. We invite you to reconnect with your body, unlock your voice and discover your full potential. And come on an empowering quest to transform your world. Philip and I, as friends and work colleagues, process and work through our thoughts and information in completely different ways. But we have found a way of creating and working together. Before we coach a session, we don't centralise and connect with our language, but by sitting in our voice vibration. We live in a day-to-day world full of differences. We all attach different meanings, values, interpretations, labels, identities to words. Our language system and the way we communicate can become a battle of words. Connecting to our voice vibration allows us to get past our differences, our personal interpretations, nuances, mood. It gets us to the very essence of each other and the acceptance of how we receive all the layers that make us up as people gets us onto each other's wavelength. Let's share a story, Victoria, about the positive impact of language and vibration, its tone and intention and healing power. I love you. I love you. I love you. Repeated and repeated and repeated ad infinitum until finally we were both looking into each other's eyes, sitting knee to knee, hands clasped, in floods of genuine tears, truly for the first moment feeling each other, feeling raw emotion, feeling Would you believe that this, what probably sounds to you like a harrowing moment, actually took place in a dance studio at Theatre College? But actually, for one of the parties involved, it truly was harrowing. We were rehearsing for our final third-year show, Company. It's the epic and stunningly written musical by the late, great Stephen Sondheim and George Firth. And Philip and I were playing the roles of Paul and Amy opposite each other. Now, for those of you who don't know the storyline, we find the couple on the morning of their wedding day. Paul's emoting his unconditional love and joy at the thought of his upcoming nuptials, 
whilst the frantic and slightly neurotic Amy is manically tearing through her patter-song telling the audience, I'm not getting married today, for fear of ruining the beautiful Paul's life. Well, ironically, at the time, Philip and I would have been far better suited reversing our roles. Although I have my well-known manic moments, it was actually me who was the more emotionally connected one at the time, and Philip the far more detached, as far away from anything emotional as you could get. He was the one who would laugh, and I mean laugh, at the thought of saying I love you 697 times to anybody. So, hence... We find ourselves in a quiet studio at college with our amazing, slightly eccentric, but extremely brave and intuitive drama teacher, Judith Windsor, sitting knee to knee, holding hands, gazing into each other's eyes. Now tell each other, I love you. Victoria, you start. Philip, you follow. Well, let me tell you. What ensued was the most harrowing, raw, soul-searching and, in the end, beautiful experience. However, the harrowing was real. For me, watching Philip struggle so badly and for him, truly terrifying. He fought every step of the way. He laughed, she got mad. He froze up, she cajoled. He evaded she encouraged. And finally, what followed was the allowing of an opening to Philip's soul, a small chink in his armour to appear, the start of a lifetime's journey of healing for him. And for us, the cementing of a relationship that would last the tests of time. You know, in reflecting on that moment, it's extraordinary that the repeating of those three words, I love you. a mantra, had such I power. Love you. Had it not been for the wisdom and perseverance of Judith Windsor, we may well have ended up on very different and separate paths, Philip and I. The power of voiced vibration and the words we use with it are extraordinary. Thank you, Judith. Thank you, thank you for cementing us on this journey. We would not be sitting here today if we hadn't experienced that. So thank you for taking us through that process. It's interesting, isn't it, when we're talking about language in all its forms, that during that process, I remember so clearly, you used laughter to deflect all the time and cover a wound that for you, ran really deep. And also your body language, sitting knee to knee, holding hands, even that was tough for you. Yes, because you know me of old, I wouldn't touch people and I didn't like any sort of physical energy near my body. You know, um, just to sit there with you, with chairs opposite each other and knees touching, it was way too intimate for me and surprisingly extraordinarily sensitive. And that's what you were completely avoiding. The intimacy. But as you said, I think we both believe that what happened to us that day in the studio, the unity of the words and the vibrational meaning of them, tone and intention, as you said, 
and how they were conveyed has connected our life's journey together. And we wouldn't still be here, I don't think, without that moment setting us on this path, without the power of those three words and the loving vibrational space they were held in. Voice vibration can be the greatest equaliser, whilst language can be the greatest distortion. Language can be such a beautiful and powerful means of communication, a system we, as a human race, have developed over millennia. But oftentimes, it can be the very thing that we use carelessly, without thought, albeit unintentionally, even sometimes destructively. Think of our language like holding a precious seedling in the cupped palm of our hand, lightly, reverently, not opening our fingers, allowing it to slip out carelessly, nor clenching it tightly and crushing it. Likewise, when we choose to cradle our language in the power of our authentic voice vibration, then we hold the balance and equanimity between both in the palm of our hand. Push beyond what you ever believed possible. Reach your goals and aspirations. Join us for the Vivi Live programme. For further information, contact us at vvibration.com. Victoria, what are we going to be talking about in our next episode, Locked? Well, in episode four, I'm going to be exploring how grief and betrayal, amongst other things, have played a part in impacting my voice. But I'd like to close this episode with three words that I could never say. I love you, Victoria. Oh, thank you, (laughs) Philip.